Well, welcome to a conversation with your pastors. We're working this morning and here in Walker Hall Auditorium thinking a little bit about some questions that you asked and put forward on social media about two weeks ago. And I took those questions and called them down and we're going to have a conversation this week with uh, your pastors, Pastor Trevor, Pastor Mike, Pastor Nathan, and, and myself. And this week we're, we're going to just kind of talk about um, where we're at in the world and, and maybe some help on anxiety and making sense of the things that are, that are going on. Uh, but before we get too started and, and get too much rolling, I'd like to uh, begin with a word of prayer and lift up our time to the Lord Jesus. Lord, bless us. Open the eyes of our hearts to see what you would have us see in this uh, pandemic moment. We pray that you would open our ears to hear what you would have us hear in this moment. And with wisdom and prudence, open our mouths to speak your word of grace and love in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, fellas, it's good to be together this morning. Uh, it's fun to do something different. And as, as you know, and I, and I sent some questions out to you, we're thinking about uh, today just where people are at. And it's no, no doubt we've been at this over 170 days, middle of March, campus got real quiet, and uh, we sent people home, all our school kids home, and uh, now things are starting to rev up again. So a number of the questions from our, our people had to do with, how do we get through this? Uh, what is God doing? When is this whole pandemic going to be over, and then what's it going to be like? What, what's been different in, in your lives? What's been different over the last 170 days? Some things that maybe you weren't thinking about then that you're thinking about now. Before COVID came, I was reflecting on what was at the heart of all our sermons. And what the heart of all our sermons was? Jesus. Yes, Jesus. But there was a slant that was we need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. And I feel like we preached that and went through that and looked at that. And all of a sudden, that theme of ruthlessly eliminating hurry from our lives is just gone. And now it has been just an exercise in patience and learning how to hold on, learning how to uh, not be afraid, learning how to, how do we get through this? And it, to me, it has just been such a, a 180 degree turn of things. And it's, what do you say to that, right? Like how, it, not too often in your life is it just going to whoop, go like that yeah. as, as someone who's speaking hope into people's lives from the Bible. And so it's, it's been challenging, definitely, just as a speaker and personally as someone living through it. Well, and honestly, someone who's a new daddy as well, congratulations, Trevor. You Thank you. Yeah, have yeah. a little, little baby Millie and she's doing well? Yeah, of course, of course. Mom's doing well, baby's doing well, uh, big sis is doing big great. Sis. So it's just, uh, yeah, you think you're past something, right? You have 10 years of one child and all of a sudden you're starting over again. Uh, Good. So. Congratulations Thank you. on that. Thank you. It's almost like, like this whole pandemic, though uh, it's been chaotic in so many ways, it also has presented sort of a reset moment for all of oh, our yeah. lives. You know, I mean, that's kind of what you're saying, yeah, I think. You, you know, have as to. I, as I hear that. And so it's, it, it, I think it's been a moment where we could evaluate those things that we're doing, the rhythms of our lives and saying, okay, like, was what I, doing, what, what I was doing before the pandemic, was it working? Mm -hmm. what, were those the important things that I should have had in my life? And then when everything came to a screeching halt, maybe this was an opportunity to rethink those things. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I love it. Uh, Pastor, you, you came here during the pandemic. We wondered if you guys were even going to get here, but... It was touch and go for a while, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> uh, no, that, that was a crazy, that was a, that was a, crazy, uh, a crazy season, I think, for us as we, as we were contemplating making a move from Arizona to here, and then right when we made our decision, literally, like, the whole world fell apart. Yeah. Um, everything started shutting down, and uh, we learned a lot during that season. It was not all easy, though. I mean, I, I, th- I think Hannah and I had many moments, tense conversations, but through it all, I think uh, a renewed focus on seeking the Lord in it. Um, prayer bubbled up as one of those disciplines that yeah, we yeah. needed to continue to embrace in our life. So. Pastor Mike, what are, you, what are you thinking, man? That's a lot of wisdom there. What do, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I don't know if I can follow all that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I concur. I agree. I, I, I echo what um, my fellow pastors are saying right here, right now. Um, as I was thinking about it, too, though, I think, um, I think it's a time for us to acknowledge that it is an un, we, this word unprecedented is thrown around like crazy these days, but it truly is that. I mean, not unprecedented for humanity. Humanity has endured much harder things, I would think. Um, but for us, in our experience, we've never endured a pandemic right now, at least my generation. Uh, one of my friends uh, who works uh, as a counselor, he said to me, he said, uh, during this pandemic, if you had good things in your life, like good relationships or whatever, um, during the pandemic, they may have gotten better, wow. right? Refined it. But if you had hard things in your life, like maybe a, a marriage problem, that, that has been highlighted too, and it's gotten worse. And I think I've seen that as a pastor, that this pandemic has sort of accelerated things. Good things have become better. Hard things have become you know, worse. Bad things have become worse. And that's kind of a difficulty. I think if we give ourselves a chance to step back, uh, an elder at my old church emailed me the other day, and he said, uh, I'm going to quote him. He said these words I thought that was really good. He said, this pandemic is stressful on a variety of levels for everyone, not all of which are easily recognized. And I'm like, yeah, it is, it's been a little more difficult during this season, you know? And one of the things I just kind of realized, like, people that I see, like, every week, yeah. you know, in church. Uh, I was just thinking of, of Kareen Bodie, who I see every week and yeah, gives yeah. me a hug and... Uh, She'll come back at night, church, you know, and, and haven't seen her, right? There's like a hundred of those people, or 200, or 300, that I love and care for, and I haven't seen. And that's kind of, I think, taxing, it weighs on you. And on and the one hand, it kind of is hard, but the other hand, it also highlights how awesome our community is, and how awesome the body of Christ is, and how important it is for us to have those relationships you, you, you bring forward that tension of being a good pastor, right? Good pastor is there for his people. A good pastor, you know, some are more huggy than others, but there's this closeness. And, and I think that's to a degree a reason why you go into ministry is because you love people. One of the questions that was powerful that, that you've set up nicely here is, uh, what do we do during this pandemic? You guys have worked with people. Uh, you're, you're fine, fine pastors. What do you think, fellas? You know, I, I love, I, I hear two questions, right? What am I supposed to do and what will the Lord have me do? Hmm. And it's so funny to think about those questions, right? Because I think, honestly, my first does go to, okay, what am I going to do in this? <laughs> and then once I figured that out, then I'd be like, you know what? Let's, let's take a moment hmm. here. What does the Lord want me to do? <laughs> and it's just so funny when I think about it, it. I don't know if what the Lord wants me to do has changed whether there's a pandemic or whether there's not. I don't think the idea of loving Him and loving others 
changes. I think there's just new ways to mm. reorientate myself into finding that consistency of following Christ and being a disciple. Mm. I definitely realize that I am no longer taking for granted the way that I'm looking at people. And so it allows me to get back to that question of what does the Lord want for me in this time? To maybe look at people through His eyes and in the right way instead of the habitual way I'd been doing it before. And so now that I can stop, it's, it's almost like mindfulness has become a thing. Yep. In the way that I am looking at people, how am I doing that in a loving way? And using this time to reset myself and to move from fear to love, to move from um, taking for granted back into love, I think has been a powerful experience that I've been doing. And I would just encourage, you know, anyone, when you're going up, being like, okay, how am I going to look at people? How am I going to see them? What is it that the Lord, how would the Lord have me see it? I think just kind of resets us, like you said. What do you think, Mike? What, what, so someone says to you, Pastor Mike, what? Okay, we can gain some perspective that it could be worse, but we'd also don't want to dismiss it with that. And so we also want to know that there are hard times going on. And so I think the whole acknowledging that uh, for some people in, our, in the history of humanity, there have been harder times, yep. but not to negate the fact that these are difficult times. And uh, what's been good in our lives maybe have gotten better, and what's bad in our lives may have become worse. And I think acknowledging that just sort of helps. But like, as I was saying, a friend of mine uh, was asking me, what have you done in your life, or how has your life been? Uh, when, when you're having good days as opposed to bad days, what's happening? And so it kind of made me self-reflect a little bit, and I encourage everyone to kind of reflect on that themselves. But um, I'd say that one thing kind of kept occurring to me is that uh, a prioritization of relationships and relationship with God, relationship with uh, God's people, and relationship with those who need God. And so I found that when I've been nurturing my relationship with God uh, in the Word and in prayer, like uh, Pastor Nathan was talking about um, writing in journals, that really helps me a lot. Uh, kind of nurturing that, you know, vertical relationship, the uh, relationship with God. It's nothing new. It's just patterned a little differently right now. You got to use technology a little differently. You got to be a little more intentional. Uh, you got to reach out to people. And uh, I think that in many ways, as I was looking back, and I, and I was saying this earlier, I was looking back since March, I would say, even though it's been really tough times, difficult times, um, there's been a lot that I'm very grateful for. And I was talking to my wife about this past week that there's a lot of really good things. You know, I feel like I'm closer to my wife, I'm closer to my kids. Also, I think that there's really tough questions that everyone is asking right now. It's a, a refining time and a defining time. And it's surfaced a lot of things in all of us, and that's hard. And I think, though, that's important. So the million-dollar question, is this the end of the world? We've got pandemics. We've got rumors of wars. we got uh, when it, whenever stuff flares up like this, people say, is this the end of the world? Is this the end of the world? And the answer is always yes and no, right? I, you, you can respond to however you want, but it, it is the end of the world, right? We're, we're, we're moving closer. Every minute is a, is, is, is a moment closer to Christ's return. And, and, and he's going to come when he wants to come. And the good Lutheran answer, if the world was ending tomorrow, what are we supposed to do? Luther says, plant, plant an apple tree. tree. Yeah. Yeah. Because even in the rumors of war, in the wars, in everything, in the pandemics, God is preserving his people. And that allows his people then to be fueled by this hope and this belief, knowing that this isn't the end for us. Because if this was the end, then it's like, you know what, live however we want. Let's do whatever we want because we're going to die tomorrow. But with the knowledge that this isn't the end for us, it allows us to then say, okay, instead of just being fatalistic, I can get to work. 
and I can love people and I can participate in this God-saving mission that he has of reaching out to those who don't yet know. No, I, I think it's a message of comfort for us knowing that the world is not the way it's going to be. Uh, Jesus is returning. We are not a people without a hope, and there's still sin around us, right? Like, that's why there's disease and brokenness and chaos, and, um, and so we can look at those things and not be thankful for those things, but thankful in those circumstances, like grateful that. in those circumstances, mm-hmm. because Jesus Christ has us. He has a hold of us, and he will never let us go, and he is returning to put an end to all sickness, to all disease, to uh, the end. There will be no more pandemics when Jesus returns, right? And that's great news for us as we keep our eyes fixed on the return of Christ. You talk about the end times, talk about anxiety. What are some of those scriptures? Maybe we can just go around the horn and say, okay, when, when it's quiet and the lights are out and, uh, and I'm anxious, what... What scriptures do you come to? People over and over, that, that was again another question. People said, what scriptures are you, are you coming to? Um, I've had two, but I'm only going to say one. Uh, the Ephesians 6 verse for me has been so powerful with stand strong then. He talks about the armor of God. And Paul uses the word stand or derivative of stand four different times. And maybe at the end of the pandemic, our call is to stand and not to get washed away, to stand in Christ and stand in hope and stand in courage rather than fear. What do you got, Pastor? You got your Bible open? You're good to go. Yeah. Good. Look at us, man. Um, this has been a guiding one for me throughout this um, entire pandemic, and it's from Philippians uh, chapter 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, I don't know that I need to say much about that. It's when things seem crazy, I remember that I'm in Christ Jesus. Pastor Mike, what, what, what scriptures kind of guided your, your soul through this pandemic? Well, one that's always stuck with me for a long time, I might share more than one, but Matthew, Matthew 11, um, 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When Jesus says that, when he says, come to me, he's talking about that vertical relationship with him, like we're talking about connecting with God, but he's also talking about that relationship with other believers, the body of Christ. When he says, come to me, he also means go to the body of Christ. You need to experience me through my people. Yeah. Sir, what, what, what's kind of guided your, your thinking, your heart? You've been a new daddy during the pandemic. You're, you know, a lot, lots going on. Yes. For me, I, I picked up a devotion and was praying the Psalms, uh, this little mm-hmm. study I had. And, and you know, you, you go through the psalm and then you reflect on, okay, what is the psalmist crying out for? Where is God in this psalm? And different questions that they guide you in. And the very first one was Psalm 104. And this probably came right almost at the beginning. And Psalm 104 just takes you through very beautifully the whole God in control. God has created everything. Everything has a purpose in Him. Everything is His. And, and what 104 led me to was like, oh, that was kind of nice. I'm going to keep going. Hit 105 and the verse was, seek His faith and seek His face and seek His strength. And it's just, 
I think Scripture does a great job of making sure that we know, you know, seek God. This is about Him. This is about who He is. Have a heart for God. That was one of the great things about David, right? God saw his heart. He had a heart for God. And I think during this time, we can lean into that. We can lean into developing this heart for God to seek His face. And if I'm seeking His face, I'm getting to work. And even when I couldn't leave my house, there were things that I could start to do and ways that I could find to reach out, to love, and to go. One of the questions that, that I thought was interesting was, why should I join and be active in a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Church? Hmm. Why a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Church? What, what would you answer, Ben? You've been a pastor for two years. You've been a pastor for 15? Something like that. Something like that. You've been a pastor for five, seven? Yes. I've been a pastor for 29. 29? Why, why a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod Church? First of all, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod uh, hasn't been around for 2,000 years. So I would go back to the Word and go back to being a part of a church. Yeah. I think that's the as a good Lutheran, you would say, I think being part of uh, the church, the church universal, yeah. uh, is the most important. Um, that holds firmly to God's word, and um, that's the most important thing, I think, for all, all of us. We, we would acknowledge that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are not part of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, mm -hmm. and we will spend eternity worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus. So um, I would say that we would we would honor that well we're pastors in the church, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod because uh, for a variety of reasons you know and at St. John's you know at St. John's especially is a unique community of believers you know in our denomination and letting the word of God call, call the shots and kind of coming humbly under that and letting God guide us and hopefully us trying to be part of his story instead of trying to have him be part of our story. Yeah. I think for me it's it's the freedom found in the gospel mm -hmm. and how much we make about the pursuit of God for us um, and how he's continuing to pursue us daily. Um, his mercies are new for us each and every day. Um, that in the middle of a crazy, chaotic pandemic, I know that God is pursuing me through his word, yeah. like you just said there. I know that I can eat bread and wine, his body and blood, and I'm receiving nourishment and sustenance for my faith, even in the middle of chaotic and, and trying times. So maybe our, our, our theology of grace and our sacramental theology, which is intimately tied to that. Yeah, so. yeah that's, that's where I was going to go, right? Sacramental certainty, yeah. um, baptism, communion. It, it allows us, right, to look beyond ourselves, right? It's not a moment that I did this. It was the moment that God did this for me. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for many churches, there's this idea of ritual, and you almost lose yourself in the rituals and the traditions, and it's, it's not really about you. And others, it's, it's about you, it's about self, it's about feeling. And I think there's beautiful, beauty in both of that, right? Because the more you understand the ritual and tradition, the more you find yourself. And the more you are, you know, feeling it and, and walking with the Lord yourself, the more you're moved to be with people. And just like we balance law and gospel, to me, honestly, I'm not just making this up because I want to make the, the front page of the, of the shot of this conversation. We somehow have found that balance, right? The balance of understanding whose we are in the Lord and where we come from with our, you know, our certainty in the sacraments, our certainty in the Word, and our, and our way that we worship, and also recognizing that it has a place in this era. 
and it has meeting people where they are at right now. And, and that's for me what I find at St. John's. And I mean, I grew up here, so it's just been, it's home. And I, I think that's what worship should be, your community, your place of strength, um, the place where you walk with other people and with Jesus and following him. So, I, I think being part of a Lutheran church, Missouri Synod church is important. Pastor, you led us in such a good way that because of the scriptures and our high view of scriptures and Christ at the core of scriptures, right? When we read the scriptures, we're not trying to solve a puzzle or fill in a blank. We're finding the gospel. We're finding Christ in those scriptures every time we open it up. And all the scripture we've shared this morning, the, the uh, worship service includes the great Shema and some places out of, out of Matthew, but we're looking for Christ in that. So when I have writer's block and it's Saturday morning and I'm like, now what? I got to do these services and it's not, I don't pray to God for uh, him to come and give me supernatural insight and give me a new revelation. I, I have a process that I go through that I was taught at the seminary and when that sermon is, I dive deeply into the word and every single time God's spirit working in that word draws something, something out of it. And so as Pastor Mike said so beautifully, rooted in that word. Mm -hmm. I don't wake up, and, and I've, I've teased the elders about this. I said, if I wake up one morning and I get in front of the church and say, I've got a new revelation from God today, I'm done. I'm done. I will be removed from that pulpit. I, it's just done. Because the revelation we have from God is in his word. And that leads us to Christ. And I find great, great comfort in that, great courage, strength, all that good heart stuff I find in that. And confidence, right? We never have to look at a text and be like, well, I can't preach on that or look at that. I mean, we understand, wow, we understand the gospel, we understand it all because we've been raised in it, understanding, living, yeah, I love dependent it. on the word. It's cool. And I, my, my dad always used to say, are you Lutheran by birth or by conviction? And you know, <laughs> I'm like a seventh grade, I'm like, uh, I don't know. And the answer always was, I'm a Lutheran by conviction. Right? I'm not a Lutheran by association. If I didn't believe what our church taught, I wouldn't be in our church. So it's fascinating to think about that. As, we, as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about this whole time is very refining and defining. And uh, it's unearthed a lot, right? The pandemic, the economy, politics, uh, racial strife. You know, all these things are surfacing and we're asking all sorts of questions. And I think it's really kind of great that we're also running back to the word to see what the word is saying and how it's speaking into that and we're not doing it uh overnight we're spending a long haul trying to look at what the scriptures say how have we looked at the scriptures and i think our our lutheran identity would say the word is primary and we always have to be coming back to what does the word say and what are we bringing to the text and what do we got to strip away and what does god actually bring into us and it helps us look at ourselves a little more um, in a clearer way, and I hope that we will continue to do that. And I think that's part of what being a Lutheran is, that the Word uh, will shine the light of truth into who we are as a people and show what is uh, honoring to God and also what we might need to uh, change or refine or uh, um, work on a little bit. And I think as a Lutheran, we would uphold to that, whatever the Word says would guide into that. So. I love that. That's, That's why just, you go last. We're rooted in that, right? Just rooted. The, the last question we'll work on this morning, and then, and then next week we'll, we'll hit a few more. Uh, next week we're going to start with uh, how do I love my neighbor? That'll be a little different conversation. Uh, but we'll, yeah, we got some time to figure it out. Uh, a lot of questions came. Um, 
younger people, older people, it didn't matter. What can we do to help you? What can we do to help you? And uh, I brought just a card, uh, and people said, what, what can we do to help you, Pastor Tim? I brought a card that I got uh, from my friends Ron and, and Walda, and after I preached a sermon where I had that week where I fell on my bike, my uh, office was burglarized, all that stuff, uh, I got this beautiful card. And uh, maybe sending cards is a lost art, right? But I've got, I have hundreds, literally, I have literally hundreds of cards on my desk. And uh, I, what can you do for me is just keep encouraging me. And this is just so cute. They said, sorry to hear of your recent burglary of the church offices. Hope this helps to replace some of the items uh, stolen. They, they had included a gift in here. Also, sorry to hear of your fall from your bike. Glad you didn't break any bones, right? So the humor in that as well. And then we've been enjoying the church services online every Sunday. Thank you for that. Love, Ron and, and Walda. That means everything to me. That means everything to me. So if, if you... Uh, just encouragement because our nerves are frazzled, our decision-making thing is hard. What you can do for me is keep, keep encouraging. I need a card uh, necessarily, but just keep supporting, keep encouraging. What do you, what do you think? How can, how can people come alongside of, of you all? I think for me is, is very similar to what you just said. Um, encouragement is huge because... Uh, I don't. I was reading an article the other day. I, I remember it talking about just the increase in criticism for clergy right now, mm -hmm. and uh, sort of we're getting a lot of uh, we take a lot of hits during this pandemic as well. And that's not to make anybody feel sorry oh, for yeah, us yeah, at all. Yeah. We love what we do, but um, to have specific targeted words of encouragement spoken to us, that's just awesome. Um, if something you heard in a sermon touched you. Uh, speak that to your pastor. Um, if something they did while praying for you or coming to visit you while you were sick just impacted you, I think sharing that back with your pastors is huge. So I'd say three things. Pray for us, number one, encourage specifically, and then serve alongside. Mm -hmm. Fellas, what do you think? Yeah, I'll just, right there, serve alongside. Um, you know, I transitioned into a new role back in January. I was trying to get my understanding and say, like, okay, where are we going to go? And then, of course, COVID came. But through it, you know, with a group of people, we created a vision. We've got this financial support that we need, but now it's time for the people. And what I'm specifically talking about is the vulnerable children ministry. Mm -hmm. The needs for kinship families, for foster families has gone up 300% during this time. And everyone has it tough. But like you talked about, your mother-in-law being a single mom, raising three kids, there are so many of those stories right around our own neighborhood. And so when we officially launch and we have our awareness event, our training, and we get matched up with these families and get ready to serve, for people to say, okay, we are going to be the church that God has called us to be, I would ask that you start to pray about this ministry, that God would lead us to families that we need to see, and that God would move in your hearts. Because I firmly believe if you listen to the story and the help that is needed, there's no way that you walk away and be like, yeah, I don't know if that's for me. Because we all can help in this ministry and we all have a place in it here at St. John's. And so being praying about that and getting ready to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it's, it's a big step, but dropping off a meal, sitting with a kid, encouraging people through phone calls, those, I mean, as someone who just had a baby and had people dropping off meals, I was like, 
I had no idea how much just one meal allows us to be a family and I have dishes to do and a food to think. I don't have to have a plan. I just, I know I'm loved and cared for. And if we can do that for those who don't yet know Jesus and then be able to speak Jesus into their lives, I mean, what else are we here for? So. I was hoping you were going to go there. Thank you for, for that. What a great ministry. God has blessed that. Going in out with, with your leadership, the momentum behind it is tremendous. Just one of many. I mean, Mary Salgado, the Jerichos, you, you name it. We've oh, got yeah. great, great people who are leading out and have been doing it, right? Yeah. And now my eyes are open and I'm ready to like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. You don't have a choice. Even you. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're in. Let, let me pray for us. Thanks, Lord. Uh, we get to share our hearts, hearts that are redeemed of Jesus, hearts that beat for our people and for our community, that, that deeply desire to deliver the restorative hope of Jesus. For that hope has restored our lives, and it's that hope that fuels the ministry of this congregation and the, the ministry of we have as, as pastors. So uh, guide us and be with us. We rejoice with an opportunity just to find value in one another in your word and in the community that is St. John's Orange. All this we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.